Welcome to Break the Money Curse. It's your boy Drew. It's your boy D Money. But uh, you ready? I'm definitely ready. All right, let's let let's talk it out. How's uh, I see that you are uh, out of the country, Man, living it, living it up today. Change of scenery. I'm in Cancun, just touched down today, so I'll be down here for a little bit, and uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy myself. Definitely, it's, it's, it's my first trip post COVID without the what? Are we still? Are we post COVID? We're not post COVID, but it's my first trip without the kids since COVID started. So I'm super excited. I mean, I feel like we're vaccinated, so uh, <laughs> it's post COVID for me. <laughs> so you about to the just go out here and do what you want. Out. <laughs> I'm I'm mask off all the way. Let's do it. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of like that, but somebody was like talking to me all close today, and I was like, Boom, put my mask right back on while they were talking to me. No, listen, like I definitely still like I still want my 50 feet. I'll take the six feet. Like, <laughs> Don't get in my personal space. I prefer people to talk to me with masks. So I just don't want to wear it. I feel you. I feel you. It, a mask just sucks. But yeah. So have you seen anyone wearing one at the resort so far? Well, definitely the, uh, the employees are, are wearing uh, the employees. But everyone's everyone that's here, uh, mostly mostly people don't have masks here yeah that's how it was when i went um when i was in the in the dr as well so So let's um, hope that you know i I have to take a COVID test on friday in order to get back into the u.s otherwise they're gonna have to hold me hostage for 14 days so let's hope that i test you know that's one of the reasons i went to the dr because they have um they have the dr promise which is, and it's one of those things to like get tourism back that they created in the midst of the pandemic, where if you test positive, they, um, the government and like the, actually about the hotels joined in on this, like as a coalition and joined in on this commitment that people that tested positive, they would pay for them to stay the quarantine period until they got better. Um, so like there was a part of me that was like, you know, I know I got to go back to work or whatever, but if I test positive, I'll just stay in paradise for another. Yeah, I mean that that definitely makes you more you more comfortable. I don't know if Cancun has anything like that, but the hotel I'm staying in um, has that. Uh, they're saying that they will put us up, you know, basically uh, for for free if, if that happened. But but I, really, I can't be away from my kids for 14 days. Like that's really more so what I'm worried about. But it didn't stop me from coming here and partying. So hey, that that, that might be a gift. <laughs> but um i wanted um so speaking of travel and i know that's not like the main thing we're talking about today what are your what's your thoughts on travel insurance do you typically buy travel insurance when you go out of the country no i don't um just mostly because um a lot of the credit cards that i use i'm I'm strategic about the credit cards that i use Mm -hmm. uh and a lot of the cars that I use have some type of travel insurance, uh, which would, you know, reimburse me in, in a case where, you know, I had a delay or a lost bags or, you know, something happened. So well, yeah. for me, that's, that's, that's enough of uh, travel insurance for me. But I'm not even talking about that part. So I always put my trips on my credit cards as well that have that travel protection, but mm-hmm. I'm talking about medical insurance. So, um, I think a lot of people don't don't realize or don't think about the fact that your medical coverage in most cases 
they will not, they don't cover you out of the country. Some insurance, if you have really good insurance, there may be some um, level of reimbursement. But if you go to a hospital in Mexico and you present your Blue Cross Blue Shield or your Cigna card, they're going to be like, what's this? Um, and in Mexico in particular, those hospitals, they want cash up front, like before they treat you, right? <laughs> well, I guess I'm one of those people with good insurance because, you know, I'm covered out of the country, at least right. from, from the reimbursement standpoint. So mm -hmm. I guess you know, once I find that out, I never thought about doing anything supplemental. Yeah, I read some, some horror stories about people that have gotten really sick outside the country. Um, and there's they've had some really bad experiences with not being able to get any kind of care. So I always think about it because, you know, we, we talked about on last week's episode about insurance being one of those things that, you know, when people are trying to cut expenses, um, you know, it's easy to kind of shortchange on the insurance. But yeah. I always think about like when I'm taking a trip, like, do I want to buy this travel insurance? Like, you know, it's an extra 40 bucks or whatever. But you know, is it going to be worth it if I, you know, take that ATV tour and have an accident <laughs> or some, something crazy like that? Yeah. I mean, if you don't have any other type of insurance that will help you out, you know, like from your job or any other means, then it may be worth it, especially if it's only $40. I've never looked into like what the cost of it was or even like what the fine print is because, you know, $40 that's cheap. But, yeah. you know, is that like what's what's the, the, the red tape? But also... I would like to see the stats. Most people probably don't even use that, you know, insurance. So this oh, is just sure. money that they're banking on, you know, which but is what insurance. That's, that's 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 what insurance companies do anyway. You know, we're we're paying our premiums. You know, more most people don't use their insurance, so then those insurance companies are investing our our premium money in. That's how they make money. So that's cool. That's capitalism. Well, that's because that. in in some cases, not medical insurance in particular, but can, insurance is a catch twenty two, right? Because even if I do get an offender bender, I still don't want to use my insurance because now I got to worry about it's the cost increase. Going up. Right. So yeah. it's like you you it's damn if game, you if you don't. <laughs> it's a game. Yeah, but I feel like Cancun is on the same level as uh, Miami when it comes to 2020-2021 action. I feel like it's been lit. Cancun, Tulum, I've been seeing all over my timeline for the last year. Everybody's just been wiling out um, and yeah. living their lives, even yeah, when COVID is, was, like, hot. This is definitely the place. I mean, it took, I think I was in the, uh, in the line for about 45 minutes trying to get into Cancun once we landed. A lot of young uh, people, you know or younger people i'm still young and the plane was full so shouts out by the way shouts out to uh this couple that i talked to on the plane um i put them up on a, a credit card hacking game they were from uh from kansas city uh and um yeah i, I told them about the podcast so hopefully they listening right now shouts out to them you're that guy um talking on the plane when i'm just trying to like <laughs> just trying to hey, I, out, look at the window and get some sleep I don't mind. I don't mind talking to people, especially if it's an enlightening conversation. Got it. Got it. So um, I know you're there for a wedding. Um, so you 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 have some excursions planned. Man, honestly, I just want to relax, man. I don't want to do anything. So I'm letting my yeah. wife uh, kind of plan it. If she wants to do something, I may be down to do it. But honestly, I'm not trying to do any of the Mayan ruins or anything like that. Yeah, I'm just not trying to do that. That's how I was on my last trip. I just wanted, like, keep bringing the drinks. 
and right uh let me just like chill out on on this chair on the beach for a week like yeah. i'm not trying to run around do anything see anything like i just well, i just you, wanted you to. come back and you're more tired than when you when you came there because you know it yeah. takes a while to get to some of these you know the ruins or some of the excursions so no. Yeah, the tra- the travel experience is exhausting enough, especially when you go to a country like Mexico and the lines to get through immigration are so long and like there's just so many different steps. Do you have global entry, by the way? I was going to ask you. Um, Man, yeah, I do have global entry. My global entry actually expired uh, this year and um, well, actually last year it expired. So I, I renewed it in October and it finally came through uh, literally in April. So I'm nice. thankful for that because, yeah, that, that would suck coming back in. But, yeah. But in Cancun, they don't have a global entry line, do they? Not coming in. But going back to the United States, they'll have a Well, yeah, that's always helpful. Line. Yeah. Um, I noticed when I went through O'Hare, you know, they removed all the machines at O'Hare. I, except I think they have two or three global entry lines at immigration. But, you know, typically when you land, you go straight to the machine, you put in yeah. your passport, and then you yeah. go. Um, now... If you don't have global entry, you have to talk to an immigrations officer. So the wow. process takes even longer than it did pre-pandemic. I was really yeah. surprised to see that. Global entry is definitely something that's worth it. I mean, yeah, you know, of course I got it for free because of a credit card perk. But even if I didn't get it for free, I would definitely pay for it. Do you have an extra offer you can send me? Uh, I'll check on that. Uh, I didn't realize. I, all right. yeah, I had a I had a quick a quick interruption. That was not my butler, but that was our concierge. Your concierge, <laughs> same, same difference. Um, but we were talking about uh, global entry TSA pre-check. So, I guess for our listeners that aren't as familiar, um, what are so? Uh, by the way, for this last trip, I signed up for Clear, so I have a little bit of insight about. Yeah, about that. But um, what made you? What is global entry? What benefits does it give you? Um, how did you get it for free? Um, and would you recommend it? Definitely recommend it. I mean, I've had it for I think since 2014 is when I first got it, and um, it's just super helpful. Anytime you're coming back, particularly into the United States, um, uh, you you basically don't have to stand in that long line. Uh, so they're essentially, you know, interviewing you, making sure <laughs> that you're, you know, not a terrorist or anything that you're, you know, on the up and up. And um, the good thing about it is you get uh, when you get global entry. So I think it's one hundred dollars for five years. So twenty dollars a year. You also get TSA pre-check with that. And I've used yeah. TSA pre-check, you know, every time I go uh, through a domestic airport, uh just alone is worth it because I don't have to take off my shoes. I hate taking off my shoes, right? Or I don't have to take out my my computer that I have in a bag, you know? And also those TSA pre-check lines are a lot faster so than shorter. the regular uh, uh, TSA lines. But also, but the thing I have noticed that some of the TSA pre-check lines before COVID was just like even long as well. And that's where Clear comes in because Clear lets you... Um, jump skip both of the lines <laughs> yeah skip yeah. to the front of the tsa pre-check line and the the main tsa uh line but really uh global entry is just uh really um 
it just saves you a lot of time if you're doing a lot of international travel. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't have to really stand in those long immigration lines. And as far as uh, how I was able to get it free, um, so one of the credit cards that I signed up with, one of the perks is, you know, every five years, which is uh, kind of coincides with uh, when Global Entry expires, they give me a $100 credit. So when I pay for Global Entry, my card is charged for $100, but then almost immediately that $100 is reimbursed back to me. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. Um, does does um, Southwest offer the flyby lines anymore? I know, like when they were yeah, they when they were they do. I don't ever yeah. I don't ever see those lines anymore at the airport. But I, I saw it this morning. Yeah, you flew they out of Midway. Yeah, I flew out of Midway. Yeah, got it. Um, so so like that's you know having status with southwest that's been a helpful feature as well or even like united yeah. when um they have like their premier access gets right. you kind of gets you to the front of the line as well so having status with the airlines helps yeah and I, um, I mean I, i've even had cars that give you that status as well too you know yep. like a united car so yeah kudos and then yeah <laughs> so the difference between global entry and pre-check is if you travel internationally, right? It gives you yeah. that benefit of getting, um, skipping that immigration line, correct? Yeah, yep, correct. Yep. And then the third option is clear. Um, yeah. And I think so like clear, clear, go ahead. I don't know how much clear is, um, but clear. It's expensive. Uh, yeah, it is more expensive uh, than those two. And actually I'm under a six month trial period right now. Um, yep. And I, I'm not sure if I'm going to renew it or not, but I'll see. Because um, I think I may, I mean, if I have a credit card that gives me a perk, I would definitely sign up for that. But, um, you know, it just lets you, you know, skip like both of those lines. And it's supposed yeah. to be, you know, even a lot faster than that. Um, but it actually just uh, started being offered in on in Chicago, Midway. Um, yeah. I think in the last year or so. So yeah, I just before I wasn't even interested in it because they never even had, they didn't have Clear, but you know now they have it. Yeah, so Clear's $179 a year currently. Um, I signed up for a free trial before my last trip um, because when I flew to the DR, I flew out of mid, out of um, O'Hare. And I, you know how, you know yeah. how O'Hare is. Um, yeah. And L, I flew out, I fly out of LAX quite a bit as well. Um, and I didn't want to deal with the lines, so it was useful for that. But at one hundred and seventy nine dollars a year, so the whole idea between like they market it because like you don't have to show ID. So when you sign up, they get your biometrics, so they get your fingerprints and they um, they scan your eyeballs. And so when you go to the airport, you just go to the clear line. You scan your fingerprints, they scan your eyes, and then they pretty much take you to the front of the line, which is great. Um, And I will say from a time-saving perspective, um, it was really helpful because um, on a couple of days I traveled, the clear line was, uh, I mean, even the the pre-check line um, had some traffic, right? So it was great to be able to to save that time and cut down on that time. However... um, you know, looking at the value, I still think in most airports, I try to fly out of smaller airports as much as possible. Um, the pre-check line usually isn't bad. Uh, and so I would say no, global entry is the best value by far uh, when you compare the three. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I wonder if there's going to be something that's even over clear. Like we got all this, <laughs> all these different lines just to get us to the front of the line. It's like we're at Great America, Six uh-huh. Flags trying to you know, fast pay for pass. these, <laughs> yeah, these fast pass. But 
hey man like time is money and i i hate waiting i'm one of those people that like getting to the airport you know mm -hmm. probably uh 45 minutes before my my plane uh yep. is is about to to pull off so mm -hmm. hey give me anything that's gonna get me to the front of the line quickly yeah i'm the same way so one of the topics i wanted to explore today is um i posted this on the break the money curse ig a few days ago but a lot of these airlines are using these um buy now um buy now pay later services like um like klarna and uplift where you can pretty much you don't have the money but you can you can book your like you know everybody's I, it was actually trending on twitter people are like i'll see you in dubai um <laughs> you and you, you pretty much you buy your um you buy your plane ticket on this pretty much this financing service and then you get um you make payments as you go and a lot of um a lot of retailers offer the same service so yeah what are your thoughts on those kinds of services man this is a, a accident waiting to happen for real mm -hmm. um, especially for people who are not disciplined um this is basically like layaway man back in the day <laughs> when you couldn't afford something well you know it's actually worse than layaway because it's at least worse with than layaway, layaway. You know, at least with Lilway, they kept the item and you just had to pay on it until they gave you the item, right? And yeah. it's just one of those things. I, I don't know. I know we've talked about this in different episodes of, you know, we're definitely not advocates for being in any type of credit card debt or even using mm -hmm. credit cards if you can't pay them off every month. So, you know, I, you know, I, I just I'm just not down with the fact that people are still going to you buy a ticket today. You're probably still going to be paying for this, you know, in 2023. You know, that's just not yeah. a recipe for wealth building at all. Um, you know, not to mention, I don't even know, you know, what the terms are, what the interest rate are, but they're probably not favorable. Um, so this is, a, like I said, a, a disaster waiting to happen. And to so, me, I think this is probably, you know, with, with COVID, you know, us coming off of COVID, people are clearly wanting to travel more. So this just opens it up to more people being able to and I'm holding up in air quotes, afford travel if they can basically spread it out over, you know, act like it's a credit card. Yeah. And this wasn't intended to be a travel episode, but I, I'm getting va vacation vibes from you so we can talk about yeah, it. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. So the example they use in, the, in, the, in this article that I'm reading from Travel Pulse is that... Um, you know, the, for a thousand dollar, instead of paying a thousand dollars up front um, to go to Hawaii, travelers can select monthly payments of one hundred and two dollars for eleven months. So you're paying a uh, hundred and twenty-two dollars in interest per se. Um, and quite frankly, I would the interest rate would be lower if I even put it on a credit card. So. Well, and then the, I mean, some people may say, hey, that's not a lot of money, $122 in interest. But the problem is, what if you mm -hmm. don't pay it off within 11 months? And, mm -hmm. you know, we always think that, you know, if we, we use this credit card, we're going to pay it off. We always have that plan, right? To pay yeah. it off within a certain, uh, you know, a defined period of time. But what happens? Life happens. Something else happens yeah. where, you know, our car breaks down or, you know, we have to go to the doctor or, you know, whatever's the case. And now, mm -hmm. you know, we're just kind of compounding debt. That's why this is a bad, a bad just choice for me. Just don't take, uh, and this is one of the topics, and I didn't talk to you about this 
before we hit record D, but I kind of wanted, like one of the topics I want to explore is what are some things you can do? Like everybody, you know, hot girl summer is back. Everybody <laughs> wants to live their life for the summer, but how can we enjoy the summer on a budget? Right. Um, and everybody deserves a little retreat, a little vacation, but uh, if you don't have, if, if you can't afford it. So if you're using one of these services, you can't afford it. Uh, and you shouldn't do it. So there's great alternatives, like maybe maybe a, a, a road trip. Like I, one of the things I want to do is um, is explore the national parks, right? And I live in. I'm lucky to live in California because there's a lot of things that I can jump in the car and do that won't cost a lot up front. But I think sometimes we see people living these. You know, like I said, we've seen everybody living up in Cancun and Tulum and wilding out over the last few months. And I think Instagram sometimes can can cause us to make decisions that yeah. aren't conducive to our own lifestyles and financial status. Yeah, FOMO, fear of missing out. We, we're thinking we're missing out on something and not really thinking about our future self. Um, and I mean, one thing I, I, I would want to say to, to, to what you're saying is, you know, I'm all for uh definitely you know enjoying your life not now not necessarily having to you know wait to save all this money until retirement and then you get to enjoy your life you know in retirement like that's yeah. i'm not down with that at all but my point is you need to make wise decisions so maybe you need to make more money maybe you need to do some side hustles in order to afford like these different things so challenge yourself in order to make more money where you don't have to go into debt to do some of these things that you want to do um and, you know, I just think, like I said, fear of missing out people, it causes you to be emotional and, and make uh, bad decisions. And then a year later, you're still like paying for, you know, the, the uh, bad decision uh, that you made. Yeah. Don't put you anything that adds a monthly bill is more than likely a bad idea unless it will build wealth for you long term. So, well, honestly, I mean. If you if you can't pay cash for it now, like I think that's a good barometer. Like it's probably other than probably a house, I would say. Yeah, that's the only thing that's that's coming up in my mind that because to me, even a car is in that category. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, uh, people a lot of people say that a car is a good investment. And it's just I, I mean, it's, it's what did not, you post? So you, you posted something on IG this morning about that. Um, that so um, yeah, the average uh, millionaire. Um, the average millionaire drives a four-year-old car with no payments, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, people may say, oh, well, they're a millionaire. Like, these are people who are on a path to be millionaires do the same thing, too. Um, yeah. You know, they, these are the decisions, delayed gratification. No one's saying that you have to drive, like, a beat-up car, a four-year-old car. Like, I think that's <laughs> still decent. What's that? We're in 2021, so that's a 2017, probably 2018, because the 2018 has come out in 2017. So you could be driving a 2018 car. Those are still nice cars with fairly new technology, you know, in them. And, a four-year-old you know, is a new car to me. I will never buy a brand-new car. It doesn't make no. sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. So it's just like, you know, make buy that car cash save up to buy that car and i think i even mentioned you know some of the ways that i'm we're able to do things like that so mm -hmm. you know uh ever since i paid off my 13 what what was it my 15 year old car which i don't really drive anymore i actually i actually may give 
uh, give that car up. Uh, but I still do have it. But ever since I paid that car off in 2009, and by the way, that was maybe a year or, two, or a year and a half before you know the payments were uh, mm-hmm. going to end, I've been saving that car note. I kept paying myself as I kept paying that bill to myself. So then you start to accumulate over the years because I had a four-year-old car at that point, but I kept paying myself $500 car note. And then you look up $500 over a year is $6,000 over four years. Now I got $24,000. And if I invested that, I probably have more than $24,000. Now I can, at that time, I can go get another four-year-old car cash money for $24,000. That's really not hard to do. Yeah. That's not hard to do. This and I don't feel like I missed out on anything because I still had a nice car, you know? Yeah. And most people, it's funny, like there's people I know that every time I see them, they have a new car. And yeah. uh, like paying that car note is just a way of life for them. And for me, yeah. when I have a car note, like it, <laughs> paying, paying 400, 500, whatever it is a month, it like makes my blood boil. For like whenever when I have a car note so it's always like how can I get away from this monthly payment and it's weird for me to see people that either lease cars or they always they're constantly like you know you go to a dealer and they're like come back trade it in in a year I'll give you a good deal and people right. do it and then it's like you're endlessly paying finance fees and um, having that additional expense is wild yeah I mean not to mention that the they're just adding the payments that you still owe when you you know get another car you trade in that car and now your your car note is just ballooning the average monthly car payment in the u.s is 563 dollars like think about that 563 dollars is the average so if you're doing that and i literally um i literally uh know someone who who has done this since they were 21 they've had a car note they they they've had a car note now, it probably was not $563 when they were 21. Well, let's just say it mm-hmm. was $300, $300. Yeah. So now, now 30 years later, 30 years later, they still have a car note. They've been paying a car note. Let's just say an average of $400 over that 30-year period. Mm-hmm. I can't even, I mean, just do the math on that. Just it's imagine. It's, it's crazy because I always look at like um, when I paid off my last car, which was on uh, it was a 72 month um, loan term, I, I believe I took out on my previous car. And when I did the calculation on the interest, I was like, this was it was like one. Of, it was probably the worst financial decision I ever made. Um, especially because like I made that car at a point when my credit wasn't great. So it was a higher interest rate. And then, um, I, and I never refinanced it. Yeah. Which is crazy. So then when I bought my last car, I took out the loan and I got a good interest rate. And then a month later I shopped it and tried to refinance and I got a lower, I got an even lower rate a month later. Yeah. Yeah, it just makes sense to keep doing that. And the other thing too is, you have to do your due diligence because you know an, I think another, you know, last week I think we talked about the money mistakes. This could mm-hmm. be a money mistake. You know, people, you know, buying cars that are high cost to repair as well. So you, you yeah. know, your your luxury brands like your Mercedes and your BMW, you know, on top of the car note that you're p- p- paying. 
you know, whatever, you know, something's going to go wrong at some point mm-hmm. and now you're paying more. That's why my favorite brand is Toyota um, and Toyota and Lexus, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lexus uses uh, Toyota parts. But, mm-hmm. you know, though, it's just really inexpensive to repair if anything yeah. goes wrong with those cars. And I've had other cars that are just too expensive to repair you know it just didn't make sense and eventually you know got rid of it uh but you know that's always my goal is not to have car payments and then also to try to pick a car that's uh not gonna cost me an arm and a leg and my son's arm and his leg to you know get a new (laughs) alternator or something so um i want to pick your brain on this and you may or may not have experience with this topic but um, so we mentioned about, you know, maybe a four-year-old car, right? So I have a 2017 car and now I'm bumping up against that point where by the end of the year, a lot of my warranty coverage is going to expire. So now I'm getting all these postcards, all these calls about yeah. uh, extended warranty on my car. So yeah. what is your thought on adding extended warranty coverage uh, to the car? Most times if you actually do the math, it doesn't make sense. When you look at what you will be paying for those extended warranty, like I said, most times, like when you, when you are, you know, having an emergency fund or, you know, putting money away for a rainy day, emergencies don't really happen. So you would probably be better off just taking that money and maybe investing it or just Mm -hmm. saving it just in case something happened. And if something doesn't happen with a car, then, you know, you, you're kind of coming out ahead, but you got to think about it. Why are these companies wanting to give you an extended warranty on how are they making a profit exactly a four or five year old car more than likely unless it's just a piece of junk like car or a piece of junk um brand uh uh like chrysler 300s don't don't ever get a chrysler 300 Um, i have a chrysler 200 so oh (laughs) so you might want to get the extended warranty on that But, um, but I got a 2012. Most, it's uh, most, most of the time, stuff. most of the time, it, it, it financially, you know, it, it doesn't. You you won't come out ahead by getting those extended warranties. Yeah, and you have a category in your budget for car expenses, right? In addition to your typical gas and travel. Yeah, yeah, and what I've done is like every year I always look at it, um, and I just look. I try to look at the average amount that I've paid for car repairs yeah historically and i i let that gauge how much i'm going to save and you know what has happened what i've seen like over the years i hardly ever use that Uh and i end up just saying like okay i'll take a thousand or two thousand dollars off this and you know go go on a trip or something i don't know yeah you know and i'm able to reward myself by basically being you know diligent and you know, this is just something that's become second nature that I don't even think about doing anymore. It's just like, you know, it's just like this money is just allocated just to that, just in case something happens. Yeah. I want to get back to the topic of travel. But before we do that, since we're talking about warranties, I also wanted to ask you. So we both worked at Sears for a short time. And um, so I want to ask you about I, I want to ask about two types of warranties. So there's extended warranty coverage that you can buy when you like buy an appliance or you make a big ticket purchase right um and then there's whole home warranties for homeowners so let's start with the big ticket warranties so an extended warranty you go to the store you buy a lawnmower you buy a refrigerator they tell you you need this extra coverage um 
is your opinion the same as it is for a car extended warranty? What are your thoughts? Uh, it depends. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I don't remember the last time I actually bought a warranty on any item. I bought like mm-hmm. refrigerators and things, especially for my rental properties. And I usually don't buy extended warranty coverage on those things yeah. because for me, it's just like, Okay, I'm usually putting it on a credit card, which usually extends the extended warranty by at least a year. Um, And then also, the regular warranty usually lasts about two years or so. So, how often do you actually use the regular warranty? (laughs) Exactly, right? And then if you think about it, like, this all just comes down to, like, really, what's the likelihood of, you know, things actually happening? I'm not saying that, you know, things can't go wrong. But the likelihood is is less likely that you know it some your your refrigerator will actually just totally just break down, right? When, when's the last time your refrigerator, like a, a two or three year old refrigerator, just totally broke down? Yeah, it happens. But for me, it's just like I would rather use that money that I'm going to pay on the extended warranty, um, just you know, put money aside. I trust myself more. To put money aside than I do to kind of giving, you know, and the the other thing too is you know the extended warranty. There's always some type of red tape or or mm-hmm. fine print, you know. Yeah. So you pay the extended warranty, and then let's just say five years later, you know your um, your refrigerator goes bad. Now they're probably going to say, oh well, we can only reimburse you because we got to, you know, this refrigerator has depreciated, you know. Yeah. We can't give you the full price of it. You might as well had saved that money that you, you know, paid, and and you know by that time, five to seven years, you could probably go buy another refrigerator. I so. I yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of um, to your point, these warranty companies are they're uber profitable, and that's for a reason, yeah. right? Because most people don't end up using these warranties. A lot of people buy them and forget about them if we're being yeah, that too. Um, if if we're being transparent, uh, and yeah like a newer for most of us we consider these warranties will maybe go up to five years and for a newer appliance what's the likelihood of something breaking down in the first five five years or so it's it's pretty slim so um i i don't tend to be even though like if you asked me at the time when i was the manager that needed to sell them (laughs) yeah it's like do what you gotta do but i don't i don't see you know it's it's a hard sell for me um, to, to really see see the value of that. Um, typically, I always say, like, if you see something within the return p- policy um, and MasterCard, a lot of credit cards extends the return period anyway, right? Yeah. Um, if you see any kind of signs that something's not quite right, then I would say, like, go ahead and exchange it. But most products yeah. will last beyond that first five years. And um, you're never going to use that warranty anyway. It just kind of reminds me, like one of my, like like a while ago, one of my favorite companies to use for warranties was Square Trade. Like I literally yeah. put a warranty like on a TV I bought, a PlayStation, uh-huh. you know, all any type of electronics. And I remember I would get these emails saying, okay, your warranty, you know, after five years or whatever, you know, whenever yeah. the warranty expires, your warranty is about to expire in six months. And I just kept thinking to myself, I never used this warranty. <laughs> You know, it's just like, had it. like time after time, I never used the warranty. I actually, like you said, I forgot I had it, but it's just like, I never used the warranty and I probably had warranty on maybe like 10 items. So imagine how much money I spent. I probably could have went and bought a new phone or whatever. I don't even remember what the cost was of these, these items, but 
more than likely, at least in my case, anecdotally, I don't hardly use, you know, extended warranties. Yeah, I would say the exception may be like if you're that person that constantly drops your phone, if you have good coverage, and maybe if it's like a one-time payment, like if it's a a monthly payment that's tacked on. But mostly, yeah, it's like it's mostly is like tacked onto your bill now. Even with like the 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 um, uh, the cell phone companies, like they, you know, you're paying a certain amount. But now you have credit cards. I I pay, you know, strategically. I pay my bill with a credit card that gives me. Uh, re- uh, reimbursement coverage. coverage if I drop my phone. Yeah. Yeah. So and that, and that's what that I'm saying. That's no the recommendation because what we're seeing with cell phone companies now is like I remember back in the day I would never I would get a new cell phone every two years when I was eligible for an upgrade, right? And I and like yeah. I always prided myself on saying I I will never pay for a cell phone. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, where like these cell phone companies are, the big thing is like you lease your phone, right? And so like, yeah. it's a bill on top of your bill. And I'm still at right. the point that like, I'll buy a refurbished phone before I do that. Like I can go on black yeah. market, I can go on Amazon and like get an iPhone or whatever at a, at, a, at a good price versus leasing it and paying an additional monthly bill where I end up paying for twice the cost of the phone. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it doesn't make sense to to spend <laughs> like yeah, you know, like the full price. Honestly, it, it probably doesn't make sense to spend. Now that I think about it, the full price of almost anything. I just think about like how I spend on some things. Like if I like something, like I'll just buy it, and then if I'm over it, because that's what happens, we get bored with whatever we're doing, yeah. and then I just sell it on eBay later on. You know, so yep. that is my goal. It's not to you don't have to spend full price for for anything because it's really it's really not worth it you know to do that all right so back to travel um since uh, we're, we're doing the mexico vibes today uh, <laughs> i see uh I champagne to, to sitting behind you yes yeah, some, some champagne um, we're gonna pop that pop that open yes. later on <laughs> So we, we, we talked about travel hacking a few episodes back, but not everybody is in a like not everybody has thirty six credit cards or is in a position like you to have thirty six credit cards, right? Yeah. So uh, in that occasion that you need to pay for a flight or a hotel, um, and we don't want to uh, buy now pay later or, or lay away the vacay, uh, how do you get the best deals on your vacations? I think the first thing is flexibility. Um, yeah. If you're flexible, honestly, you can get like some of the best deals. Um, you know, everybody wants to travel probably from Friday to Monday, but if you, maybe yep. you can do like a, a, a Saturday to a Tuesday, you know, I've done before I was in a, the, the credit card hacking game, like I've done that, you know, coming in Saturday, leaving like on an off day, like a Tuesday or so. And, you know, you can definitely get discounts. Um, yeah. You know, so, the, the other thing is like just kind of shopping around, like using, uh, I, I love using like Google Flights. Um, yes. As far awesome. as like kind of looking at the trends, the calendar. Because sometimes, I mean, sometimes I do, even even though I have points, sometimes I do pay for flights if it makes sense. If I can get a very right. cheap flight where it doesn't make sense to, to use the yeah. points, because um, it will devalue the points, I'll just go ahead and just pay for the flight. And then I just kind of track it and say, oh, okay, this is where Google's saying the, the bottom is. So I'm going to go ahead and like, pay for that yeah i think a lot of people don't realize um those features in google so i use google i use google flights religiously um because google flights you can pull up so i will say i'm ready for a vacation i'll pick a month and you go in google's google flights and it will show you a calendar 
of like what the date what dates are cheapest um yeah. or i can even say i want to take a four-day trip a five-day trip um yeah. and it'll show me on the calendar the green you know the days that are cheapest to fly on and i kind of um, book my trip around those prices um and then a lot of times i'll go on there to book a vacation and the and the, the prices still aren't ideal so I, you set up a travel alert. So like, I know yeah. I want to go to Punta Cana. You set up a travel alert and you'll get a notice. You'll get an email from Google every time there's a change to that flight price. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then the other app I use is Hopper. It works very yeah. similar to yeah. Google Flights. Hopper will give you an alert whenever there's a change in, in the flight price. Um, so, so that's one I use as well. Um, I also wanted to get your thoughts on airlines. And I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast. I don't think so. Airlines like, uh, so value airlines. So your spirit, your frontier. So like personally, when I do a search for travel, I always, um, I always remove certain airlines. Um, and typically the two that I remove off the bat are spirit. Yeah, so typically whenever I do a flight search, um, I'll remove the value airlines like Spirit and Frontier because um, my find, first of all, I don't find those airlines as comfortable. You know, like I always refer to them as like the flying greyhound. They're not, they don't <laughs> tend to be as comfortable as your regular airlines, but also the prices are deceptive. Um, yeah. But it's also kind of the same concept of like your basic economy ticket. So I try to filter out all that stuff. Like I want to know, I'm trying to compare apples for apples. So um, where I don't have to pay to select my seat. I don't have to pay for every single little thing. Um, what are your thoughts on some of these? Um, cause I, I do think like the advantage is they make vacations more affordable for some people. Um, but what are your thoughts on some of those low fare airlines? Well, I've never flown Spirit, although I actually want to fly Spirit. Um, I, just because, I did. Just, be, just because I want to uh, experience that, because I've heard, I've heard, you know, a lot of bad things, but I've heard good things about Spirit. I've For heard who? they got like. Let me talk to that person. <laughs> I've heard they got like brand new planes and nice planes and things okay. like this. So I don't know. Maybe out of was that uh, the person that told you that was it their first time on a plane? No, this is that's primarily what they fly at Spirit. So I don't know. But like you said, I mean, I think if you just go in informed, I think there is definitely a market for those. Uh, just know like some of the things that they're going to add on, you know, um, like if, you, if you're looking at like the spirit, what they have, like the nine dollar fare club or even with Frontier, they have something like the Frontier Den, I believe it's called. So you just have to be informed on some of those added costs. Um, yeah. But I think it serves, you know, it serves a purpose in, in a pinch. You know, maybe you can do spirit if, if you don't uh, have any other options. Um, and like you said, it, 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 you know, it could make a trip affordable. One thing I did want to add, though, on, on to this list is uh, flying into like alternative airports. Like uh, yeah. one city that I'm thinking about is like Miami. Like if you if you fly into mm -hmm. Fort Lauderdale, typically always... typically it's probably going to be like a Spirit airline or like even Southwest. Um, like they fly into Fort Lauderdale, and you'll typically have cheaper flights. Now, of course, you have to if you're want to get to Miami. You know, you could probably get to Miami for like a thirty dollar. Um, uh, Uber or Lyft, in which in most cases may still be cheaper if you're combining the the total trip mm -hmm. with um uh with you know with the the airline. The other thing too is book um 
like individual flights, like one ways. Don't do round trips because then you're like, if you're trying to do round trips, just kind of stuck. Like if you're just trying to just stick with United, but just be more flexible on, you know, different airlines that you can use. Um, and you, you, you'll typically find that, you know, you can just be more flexible and, and find cheaper flights. I agree 100%. Um, yeah, I, I will tell you, my I've, I've flown both Spirit and Frontier. Uh, they're, they're, the airlines are not for me. I'm not a particularly <laughs> tall guy, but I remember distinctly on Spirit, my knees touching the back of the seat in front of me. <laughs> so the leg, room, the leg room is definitely an opportunity. Um, you, like, yeah, it's it, it just, I remember as soon as the plane got in the air, because there were some empty seats, like people started like running around, like trying to like <laughs> get into the seat next to their loved ones because they didn't place anybody next to the rest of their party. So um, uh, it just, and then like the airport experience was just like not good. I felt like, like, again, I was dealing with somebody, like I was buying fried chicken on the South side of Chicago, <laughs> like <laughs> people, like so the you, customer service agents yelling in the airport. Um, so you, so was on, my, you was on Soul Plane, right? It was that's exactly what it was like i was waiting i was waiting for them to to pass around the bucket of kfc but uh instead i got nothing it's like uh you got to pay for the water it's it's just it um it's not for me but and i also think that once you pay so the big cost will always be your the biggest cost will be your base fare right but yeah um i think once you a lot of people don't realize that you know, after they book that 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 base fare, later they may go in and say, "I do want to sit next to my spouse." It's only an extra twelve dollars to to pick my seat. So <laughs> before you know it, they're paying that, and then they're like, "Ah, oh, man, I can't fit everything in this backpack." Or, um, right, let me pay right. for a carry on. In fact, you know what? Like, so like those fees add up relatively quickly, which is why I don't even entertain those types of airlines in the search. Like, let me know what I'm paying for for offhand, and then. If it's domestic, I also calculate the price, whether it's 35, 39 bucks for a bag, if I need to check a bag so that I can like do an accurate comparison yeah. of Southwest versus every other airline. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I totally agree. I mean, you just got to look at it because once you start adding all, all those add-ons, you're probably almost at like the regular airlines price, like the <laughs> other airlines price, like a Southwest or a United uh, price yeah. anyway. I know this is a long episode, but I also um, want to touch really quickly on hotels. I've been like exploring Air Airbnbs recently, and I typically don't do a lot of Airbnbs unless I'm doing like a family trip. But yeah. like the cost, the added fees and cost of cleaning is really starting to add up. It really is. So like that's another area I'll say like, you know, I, I love a hotel point. So um, I, I tend to like stick with my loyalty programs as much as I can so that my point, yeah. I can use points and build points. Um but uh like use those travel sites as well to see um to find the best deals yeah definitely i agree cool are we done with the travel piece you want to talk about what you're loving this week yeah i i, I actually had a total uh, totally different uh, what i'm loving but i'm gonna yeah, i guess in the theme of this this travel i need to switch it up and hopefully i haven't said this one before but award wallet um, A-W-A-R-D wallet.com um, it's a, a site well they have a website and also an app so this is what I use to uh, for anyone who's gonna you know start doing tr uh, travel hacking or credit card hacking this is a way that you can uh, 
track you know any points uh they also like send you out notifications if you have any points that are expiring within like six mm -hmm. months three months seven days things like that uh they also have uh suggestions on how you can use points like to travel to different places so it's uh definitely been like a help to me with uh kind of commanding like all these different points <laughs> that we have because you know it's it could just be crazy trying to it's a lot you know figure out all that information yeah and the airlines um i just saw i think on the news last night airlines have a huge liability right now because people weren't traveling in 2020 yeah. um and there's a big concern about the amount of points out there and so there's a lot of talks about like airlines starting to put more um time limits on when points will expire and things like that so it's a great tool to help you keep track of all the things yeah. you have like points that's free money that you don't want to lose so right um, definitely take advantage of it cool how you feeling feeling good man i'm about to uh i would say i'm about to go outside but i'm probably about to pop the champagne open <laughs> All right, I'm I'm a little jealous, but uh, I'll let you get to it. Um, we'll do this uh, again next week when you're back on American soil. But uh, enjoy the trip, bro. For sure, I will. All right, take out, uh, take care. Thanks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Break the Money Curse. Follow us on IG at Break the Money Curse. Give us five stars on um, your favorite podcast app if you enjoy this, and please in invite a friend along for the journey. Um, so that we can all get this money together. All right. Peace out. All right. Hello.